0: 26 years sober, um, I was homeless for a year before uh, some friends re- basically found me. Um, I was in a, a hotel called the San Pedro, uh, wasn't too far from here, but they found me there and they put me on a plane to Hazelden, uh, January 28th, 1992, and I've been sober ever since. Alcohol? Uh, alcohol and drugs. I, mean, I, I gave up, uh, I, I was a drug addict and alcoholic since I was 13 years old, um, but when I gave up drugs, the the drinking became more serious and my life, my consequences became more immediate. Alcohol is a very, very, very dangerous substance for those of us that have the the disease. How did it affect your cooking? Uh, I managed to hold it together. Uh, Some alcoholics are very high functioning. Um, I went through bouts of hyper-responsibility and hyper-irresponsibility until I just couldn't sustain it anymore and it consumed my life. It crashed and cratered me. Um, I was sleeping in an abandoned building in 1991, sprinkling jars of Comet cleanser that I was stealing from a local bodega in a circle around a pile of dirty clothes I'd pass out on.
1: Neighborhood, South Union, City, Seattle. Studio 212, part of the Soundcast Network. This is going to be episode 120 of Grilled How Long Steak, Mr. Pastry Chef.
2: Seven minutes. Why are you on (laughs) the line? Get the fuck
1: off the line. I am the host, or one of the hosts, of this podcast. My name is going to be Bobby Stills. I am joined in studio by a near and dear friend of mine. Uh who um former guest. Former guest. Uh former um I asked her to be a co-host of the show. She was like, go fuck yourself. You are an idiot, and I would never I don't even like working with you when they force us to work together. So why do I want to sit next to you and listen to you babble about shit you don't know what you're talking about? Uh introduce yourself,
2: ma'am. Uh my name is Amy Momier, And... <laughs> Uh, yes, I don't like working with Robbie, but I do like to sit around. You and, fucking and lie. You talk, love working
1: with me. And talk to him. She doesn't get any work done when we work together because we're just laughing the entire you're time. you're busy
2: grabbing my boob. And
1: that was on. That was during like, lineup. N- that was not on purpose. I, right. That was on accident. Mm-hmm. I was reaching over to grab some, like, you know, some herbs boop. or something, and I just hit a booby.
3: Hey, you know, those things happen. Um, actually, one of our other previous guests, who we were just talking about, when I worked with her, accidentally palmed the junk one time. She was, was just swinging her hands backwards and went <laughs> boop. And I was like, why? Thank you, chef.
1: <laughs> um, That's going to be uh, Keith Boogie, producer extraordinaire, Prince of Pasta.
3: Region of Rigatoni. <laughs>
1: Regent of Rigatoni. Eric is not here, as you can tell. He uh, made a trip to uh, Los Angeles, and he actually owns and runs uh, like a, a restaurant. So you know, he actually has work to do. Unlike me, uh, I'm not working, so I just get to work out can all me. the time. And Amy. Amy's uh, free from the restraints of the the kitchen, so she's joining me today. We got a couple things to talk about. Speaking of Eric, I want to congratulate him. On his nomination For uh, Best chef in Seattle For 2018 Unfortunately He lost
3: At the last
1: second The last second Yeah The polls closed We're recording this on Wednesday And the polls closed at 10am He was leading pretty much The whole entire time uh, Until the very last minute And Logan Cox Of Homer Won By 17.26% Of the votes Eric had 16.3%. And we're going to go ahead and blame this on Amy. Amy, who'd
2: you vote for? I voted for Logan.
3: S- and tell us why.
2: <laughs> because he's a great chef. Great chef. And he's a not great what you chef. said
3: minutes
1: He's ago. a great
2: chef. Yeah, I imagine he's a he great, is. I haven't met Eric before. I'm sure he's a great chef too.
1: Well, yeah, you were supposed to. He was going to record today. We had a lot of different things to talk about, and Amy was going to come in. She thought this week was sushi. We were going to talk about sushi this week. So she no, was like, no, I, "She's week. like, I'm slow down." You know what I'm saying? That's my people's. <laughs> whoop whoop.
2: It's not my people. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, Korean. That's the Japanese people's. Well, you guys are all you know, right? Oh wow, related
1: wow. or something like that.
2: Ming Maybe. Dynasty. No.
1: <laughs> what did Johnny used to call you?
2: Uh, little dump.
1: Is he? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, there goes my little dumpling, little dump dump. I'm like, that's racist as hell. Johnny's like, shut up, fool. You talk shit about black people all the time. I was like, I they all get it. Black, white, Asian, Latino, they all kitchens get it. kitchens are very free places. Okay, so yeah, congratulations to Eric on the nomination. I think that maybe if he had promoted himself a little bit better about I mean he didn't even talk about it on the show you know so I don't think Eric I'll get his opinion next week so I don't really want to talk too much about it but uh, yeah congratulations to uh, Chef Cox you know so good Uh, and then we are going to go ahead and jump right into it Andrew Zimmern we want to mention this real quick Um, he is uh, And this also ties into you Amy which I wanted to talk about this. You recently made a trip to Minneapolis, correct? Yes. How was your dining experience out there? That's all you pretty much did is ate. It's, I can I j- tell. Yes. I mean, I can oh, tell.
2: Wow. <laughs> wow. They are. Uh, they have a lot of bread service. A lot of butter, a lot of bread, a lot of phoas, a lot of
1: you, did, you didn't listen to the show uh, that episode last week. No,
2: I did not. We talked
1: I'm about sorry. bread service a little okay. bit. And we talked about uh, bread bros, you know, the new tech techie kids that are like super getting into bread. Oh. And we thought maybe that there was a tie in there with bread service and and people making bread at home because you don't get the fancy bread when you go out to eat all the time now.
2: I think, you know, in Seattle, so many people are gluten free. I think that, you know, rising minimum wage costs makes bread service a difficult thing. Mm -hmm. You know, from the reaction I got on Instagram. Yeah, um, if you were tripping. On my bread service story. You know, people feel very passionate about bread. I do. I love it, obviously. I'm fat. (laughs) 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 <laughs> but in Seattle, you know, they you put are shaped it, like they,
1: a they put it <laughs> on,
2: You know, the table, and then you know, half the table is gluten free, and they throw it away. So it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. Did
1: you hear? There they are making a vaccination for.
2: Yes, I saw that. Uh,
1: what is that disease called? Celiac. Celiac mm-hmm. disease. Um, funny thing about people with celiac disease is they. They wouldn't even step into, uh, like, a restaurant or, like, a, like a bakery. But
2: they do. I, well, I don't. That's what. I, you know. I I worked with two people at a pasta restaurant that were celiac. How do they not get fucking they sick do. Every They do. They were sick all the time.
1: I mean, you're inhaling that shit. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sorry to get off topic. Uh, Andrew okay. Zimmern. What's up with your boy? Uh, we don't want to talk too much about this because Eric was very passionate about yes. this issue. But I, you being an Asian-American, I guess. I mean, you're American. I don't, yes. I don't ever consider I you. You're <laughs> not like a, you know. And you grew up in a white household, correct?
2: Uh, my mother is half Japanese. Yeah. So, like a part, you know. Partly. Yes, partly.
1: Um, but what do you think about, first of all, Andrew Zimmern is opening up a... Chinese American restaurant in Minneapolis, right? And he had made some comments about um, actually showing what showing people in the Midwest what real Chinese
3: food is.
2: I think so. I think you know. Yeah, and he
1: started talking shit about P.F. Chang's and some of the other.
3: Well, to be fair, P.F. Chang's does deserve whatever shit gets thrown at it.
1: Yeah, but the person, the 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 family that owns P.F. Chang's is an Asian. American family mm-hmm. and the son who food is terrible. It doesn't matter. It was it a depends on it, how much you've had it, to drink it, it fucking does it but that's not the point. The fact that matter is is it, it was Chinese Americans who wanted to serve Chinese food to the masses you try to serve me authentic Chinese food sometimes I'm like what the fuck is that? You know, I don't necessarily know if I want to try it, you know, because I don't know what it is and it's still moving Exactly.
2: That's Korean food.
1: You try. We, <laughs>
2: we eat like moving little squid. and. Well,
1: now like I'm things. a little bit more adventurous, so I try it. But, you know, before I got, you know, kind it's of. It's all
3: protein, homie.
1: Whatever. The fact of the matter is, is that he went off the deep end trying to fucking explain that he somehow was going to uh, teach people in the Midwest. And he made some sideways comments
3: um, that were not, you know, really cool. And as the resident Asian person on the show, you <laughs> must have an opinion. So we'd like to hear Um
2: it. I do. I think that, you know, if he wants to show, I think, uh, what is it called? Lucky Cricket. And he's going to, you know, serve some of some more like bizarre foods and, um, you know. Dishes like that, and I maybe, maybe, you know, Minnesota and Minneapolis is an inter- international food hub. A lot of people don't know that. It's a big. I report. didn't know that until yeah,
1: you and, had started posting right. online. I was
2: talking to you about uh, it. They there. have a great food scene. Um, I think if he's, you know, wanting to show the Midwestern American people what something is, you know, is he the authority on that? Maybe not, but. Are other, you know, Chinese people that are making authentic Chinese food going to venture to that, to that part of the country? You know, I'm not sure.
1: Well, his quote is, I think I'm saving the souls of all the people in Minneapolis from having to dine at these uh, horseshit restaurants masquerading as Chinese food that are in the Midwest. So he definitely rode in on a high horse. Right. And there's other, there's Chinese restaurants there owned by
2: Chinese Chinese people
1: people that are. Immigrated here First generation Whatever Right I I don't know Where the fuck he gets off But he does this He does this all the fucking time Right That's my problem with him Everybody knows him from Bizarre Foods I don't He makes bullshit fucking food too I don't know why the Who the fuck Thinks Takes Andrew Zimmern As like a fucking Like a super nice good chef he makes crap fucking food for the masses right you ever been to one of his restaurants no i haven't do i you don't want even to go <laughs> to one of his fucking restaurants no probably not Keith, do you care about going to one of his fucking restaurants not particularly sit your fat ass on that fucking television show and eat that fucking weird ass food and <laughs> shut the fuck up and don't fucking come out here talking shit about people fucking chinese food and I, I don't know it pisses me off because i don't know where the fuck he gets off thinking his fucking chinese american cuisine is better than somebody else who's actually from fucking china
3: I in this this is one of those cases where I don't know if it's entirely about the authenticity of the food as it is. No, um, he's no, saying it's Well not. No, no. But listen, is, what I'm saying though is is having uh, hand gestures, hand gestures, <laughs> finger guns, bang bang. <laughs> um, for him, I don't think. I, The reason I think that he gets to do this and other people don't is because he is a very palatable way for regular white people to say I'm trying something exotic and they trust him enough in that regard to actually go try it. Now, the question is, is the food he serves actually going to be good food? That's, I think, the really important question in all of this.
1: Not only is he disrespecting just the Chinese Americans, but he's also disrespecting Midwesterners. Being a Midwesterner myself uh, from Ohio – I tend to shit on people. And when I go to Ohio, I'm like, there's actually good cuisine there. There's good restaurants, you know? Michael Simon. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I, I had to learn my. I was just shitting on them when I moved out to L.A. and I was in Vegas and I was here and I eat, eat these restaurants. and I'm like fucking nothing in Ohio can touch this shit. I had no idea Minneapolis, you know, had such a great food scene. Um, never been there. But for him to come in and just shit on all the you know people and that's that's what most upset upset me um he of course did some half-hearted fucking apology mm-hmm. online and uh just me i don't he's he's he because of this article i've never been a super big fan of him but because of this article he's on that battalion level for me now Of I didn't like... No, 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 no. no, no, no. Not as like the rape thing, but I never I never looked at... Took Mario Batali really seriously. You know what I'm saying? He made cool cookbooks and stuff like that, but I always looked at... He's a fucking joke. Fucking cook, chef, and crocs. He's fucking on TV smiling, you know. I'm sure this motherfucker's a piece of shit behind the scenes, too. He he looks like a drunk dude that beats his wife.
3: No, he's actually (laughs) stone cold sober. He was a drunk dude and a drug dude, but then he... He, uh, he, he gave it up.
1: Speaking of, Amy mm-hmm. uh, wanted to talk about uh, Gabriel Rucker, one of your buddies out of there Portland, huh?
2: Well, he's not my friend. So, I don't know him. So
1: uh, if you listen to the show, of course you hear me. I, I try not to spout off about trying to be healthier and not doing drugs and not drinking a lot as I drink this uh, space dust IPA. Uh, I try
3: not to be a hypocrite and you know tell people not to do exactly what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I've been like it's nice. I've been working out a lot lately and I'm trying to get be healthier and that's part of the reason I'm not really trying to get another job in the restaurant industry is because it is so stressful and you work a lot and you tend to lean more towards uh, your co-workers. and that's heavy drinking, a lot of cocaine use, smoking weed to deal with stress, um, fucking eating Molly. On, on your days off, just to numb the pain of uh, your shitty ass chef yelling at you all the time. Just knowing somebody's not gonna call in and you're gonna be short staffed. Uh, so I've been trying to work out a lot lately. Amy is uh, also on that on that train. Mm-hmm. Which I'm trying to get her to come work out with me. Oh, uh, scary. I'm currently in the process of trying to figure out some way to run do some beta testing or some pilot program of a a workout regimen for people in the industry. Um we're trying to like incorporate some type of weekly um workout regimen that is done through the restaurant industry. So just like when you go to, you know, it's just like a, another benefit of working at a restaurant. Like uh you know, they you get two shift drinks. When you go into work, you get a shift meal, right? How about you offer some like personal training or a group class? You know, Dershang does her yoga classes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she, uh, two times a week, anybody that works for any of the Dershang restaurant group can go and do free yoga. So if I can somehow, I'm working with somebody else. I talked to, shout out Toby. Um, Kremple works for ESR. I talked to him. Uh, and we're trying to come up with some some kind of way to, to be just one of those benefits that you have. Like, hey, if you come work for our restaurant group or this restaurant, we have a trainer that comes in. It's just something to, to break away from the norm and try to get people to do something healthy for themselves. I think in the long run, it's really going to benefit your restaurant, your workers. And in the end, it affects your food. Happier workers. Make happier food. So, Gabriel Rucker is a chef out of Portland, Oregon. He uh, won Food and Wine's Best New Chef in 2007. He's uh, won a couple James Beard Awards. Uh, He's got Best Chef Northwest. Uh, He owns two separate restaurants. Three. Three. Three restaurants. What restaurants are those, Amy?
2: He owns... I've been to one. uh, Le Pigeon. I've been there. Little Bird. And just opened Canard on Burnside. I have not been Which there. one have you been to? The pigeon. Okay. The pigeon. So I yeah. that was like the that's his first, first place, restaurant, right? Yes. Yeah. The first place I had a tasting menu as a young what? as a young line cook and it was really awesome but also um you know I was served a crab cake with um, pineapple salsa, so I don't really know what that, how French that was, but, you know, okay, Um, it was great and very memorable. And, you know, I really respect him and and his restaurants. Little Bird is my favorite restaurant in Portland, and he just opened Canard, which I ate at um, two weeks ago. So he just hosted um, during uh, Portland, I think, Chef's Week. Um, Did you go down there? No, I did not. You usually go. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Because I usually work. I know, I'm but you're always
1: working. going down to Portland for one of those food event things. I'm I always know. trying to tag along. You don't want to take I know. me Well, we, we'll
2: go next year. Okay. Next year. <laughs>
1: next year. Next The year. second Tuesday next of year. next
2: week. Okay. <laughs> um, he just hosted a dinner uh, with four other sober chefs. Uh, they all, I guess, share the same lifestyle of sobriety. Uh, one of those chefs was Andrew Zimmern. Which that's our segue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good Sean Brock, uh, Gregory Gordet, and Michael Solomonoff, Um, all very like big, respectable chefs. Except for Zimmerman, as we've already for, discussed. Yes. Why well, not?
1: I, I mean, I'd heard stories about Zimmerman being a really, really bad drunk.
2: I think um, I think he was like a heroin addict. I think all of these people, except for Gabriel Rucker, were like crack smokers. Yeah,
1: and, so uh, I, and, and I didn't know he was sober now. Yeah. So I knew Sean Brock was sober. Yes. Gabriel Rucker. I've read about him. Mm-hmm. He was the one that really got a lot of coverage by like Food and Wine did a coverage on him. Uh, mm-hmm. GQ, I want to say, maybe I think bon, bon Appetit, Appetit. Mm-hmm. did a article about him. Yeah. How did he like how was the transition? How did it happen?
2: I think, you know, I've read that he uh, he has, I think, a couple of kids and, you know, three restaurants now and. I think he was part of that old, like old school chef. You know, it's so macho to drink a shit ton and then work the next day. And I think we've all done that. We've all, you know. And then you come in and start drinking again. Yeah. And then you just are in this fucked up cycle. Um, Anyway, so I think that he, you know, had all these restaurants and won these awards and then had kids. And
1: Do you think he was the inspiration for the movie Burnt? (laughs) No. <laughs>
2: um, I think that, you know, at some point your body just doesn't want to handle it anymore. You look at, at Sean Brock, who I just adore and, you know, look up to you so much. And I, I think that he was going to be in some really big health trouble if he kept drinking. If you watch any of the shows that he's on, you know, he's just always taking pulls from the from the bottle. bottle. And he's just so drunk all the time. And, you know,
1: they said that his he sold his whiskey collection. For his whole garage mm-hmm. was filled with whiskey Ugh. with rare, rare <laughs> right. whiskey bottles. 1.4 million dollars oh worth of whiskey. That's Ugh. a lot of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> um so these chefs, they all came together for a sober. Mm-hmm. Was this a dry event?
2: Uh, yes, and they had. Uh,
1: Boring. Uh,
2: well, they had you know a bartender create all of these like mocktails, you know, mocktails uh, <laughs> to pair with the food, and you know it's it's an interesting, oh. it's a you know, they each did a dish and they had a special non-alcoholic drink That's, paired with it. Wow. Um, you Yeah, know, it's a different lifestyle. You know, they're all you know tout about being healthy and and working out and being successful in this industry without drugs and alcohol. I don't know. It's a, it's a new... It's tough. It's a whole new world. It is. It is. I, it is. And that's, that's kind of the mindset. We talk about it on
1: the show sometimes is like, how do we make change? Like, how do we get... We can talk about it all we want. Right. So I'm trying to put my action behind my words, you know? Okay. And I'm trying to actually step out there and make a change in the food industry. What I don't like about the food industry, one of the reasons I don't want to work in the industry, I know, I know that I... That is, I'm scared of going back and cooking and working 12 hour days. And like, I'm on a really good path right now. I, 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 was walking downtown today and I stopped by a friend's restaurant just to say hi, he's an exec. And I walked in and he's in the dish pit doing dishes. And I'm like, what the fuck did you get demoted, man? What the hell? And he's like, no, it's just the industry. People are short. Somebody called in. There's nobody there. They're shorthanded. They need to know. He goes, do you, do you want to help me out? And I was like, yo, you pay cash on me. And he's like, yeah, so (laughs) come through. I'm going to work for him. But it's one of those, it's a tiptoe back in, which I'm not happy about it's helping a friend out. So I'm going to see if I can actually work and help a friend out and still maintain the workout regimen and eating the way I am with, with helping out, you know, and being in there. And it's a scary situation because I'm afraid that I'll just go back and start drinking. You you get off work, you get your shift drinks. Everybody's got their ass kicked. They want to all hang out. How do you do that? You know, how do you not, not how do you not drink? It's like a shot in a beer that leads to another shot in a beer that leads to your chef buying you around. You don't want to turn down your chef and that leads to cocaine and everybody smokes some fucking joint. And then, you know, all of a sudden you got a bunch of ladies around you and they're, you know, all passing stuff around. So
3: somebody breaks out a crack pipe. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> I know I mean, like I don't smoke the crack. Amy, you smoke crack. Nope. No, no. I'm pretty boring. <laughs> Keith the crack rock
3: Never the crack rock
1: Now we know We have friends I'm not going to call anybody out I have numerous friends in this town That were respectable human beings That <laughs> no I've boy. seen some do some deplorable things And You know Went off the deep end before We've had friends that have passed away mm-hmm. You know And uh, they just are different people So I'm trying to think it's like what What does he What was his turning point? How did he turn his life around? How like what? Sean Brock, like he had to have other chefs come and literally drag him out of his Mm -hmm. house and put him in rehab or put him in whatever sobriety Mm -hmm. house, whatever. What does he attribute to uh, the change?
2: Um, I think you know I read that he just was he just got too drunk one night and that was his you know bottom, which. That's a pretty, you know, mild bottom to, yeah, <laughs> to right? just get too drunk and, and pass out on the couch when you're supposed to be enjoying family time, you know. And then that's, that was it. And he became sober, you know. It's Well, shout out to him. Uh,
1: I'm curious as to what what his some of his coworkers think of whether he was a better boss whether sober or, you know, cause like some, some chefs when they come in and they're like loose, they've had a couple of drinks, you know, they, some chefs drink on the, on the job. I know? never
2: do. Don't look at me like that. I never do. I'm, I'm very looking at you. <laughs> I'm very boring. I don't drink I when I work I say you
1: were, I didn't say that you were drinking on the job. I'm just saying there are some chefs out there who drink on the job. Mm-hmm. Some smoke weed. There's other ones that don't. Um, but it's always funny. You can tell when your chef needs a drink. And you're like, can this motherfucker just have a glass of wine or something to calm the fuck down? So it's funny when you're like, congratulations for somebody sobriety, but he's mm-hmm. kind of a fucking dick when he's sober. Mm.
2: So have you ever worked for a sober chef?
1: Ever worked for a sober chef? Uh, like on shift. Yeah. But I don't think ever like
2: a person that is, no. you know, totally
1: sober and not, yeah. not that I can recall. Uh, I've, I'm one of those people that is very outgoing and, and, not a lot of people, a lot of times when you, like Eric was saying, Eric, Eric doesn't, he tries not to to mix his professional life uh, and personal life with his employees. Mm-hmm. But I've always been one of those people that I make a connection with the, the, my chefs and I'll hang out with them outside of the restaurant. There's some that I fucking can't stand and so I would never want to hang out with them. But I've always been able to to make that breakthrough, to put that wall down between professional and personal. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they let me in and you see them do things and stuff that are totally um, – not like what you would expect from them when you see them at work. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Casey being one of those, you know, people, a uh, friend of one of our old chefs. He, uh, RIP heck? chef. Yeah. But he was one of those people when I found out that he was, you know, I'm like, well, I don't want to know this. I don't want to know that you're on drugs. I don't want to know that you have a fucking problem. I have to see you tomorrow. And then, you know, everything starts making sense. And you're like, I work for a fucking drug addict.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, when you find the foils in a bathroom, you know,
2: or he borrows a lot of money from you. On shift,
3: <laughs> you're the W
1: yeah.
2: that
3: let him borrow
1: the money.
2: <laughs> I am. He told uh, me he had to go get a prescription. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I
3: wasn't lying technically.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I don't. I don't know, man. Be on the lookout. I, I. I don't. I think sobriety is a. I struggle with the, the, the thought of just being sober completely, because I think that drugs and or alcohol have a, you know. I think there's ways to use things responsibly and not just in the industry, just in life. And there's good attributes to drug and alcohol. And there's also really, really bad attributes. Um, I can't imagine going to some dinner sometimes and not having a glass of wine.
3: I can, but I don't drink. I just smoke all the marijuana.
1: Oh, speaking of a sober person, right here. He
2: just it, smoke I, all not. the marijuana. Though. That's what he just said. No, I mean, so,
3: but for me, it is a form of sobriety because, like, I right. can't drink. I can't okay. do cocaine. I can't do speed. Like, I've tried all that stuff, and I've tried living and it's that life. Bad
2: news. And it just
3: it does not work out well in my favor. However, worst thing I ever did smoking weed was like maybe order a pizza with too many toppings. <laughs> But like, you know, so it's cute. like
2: <clears throat> the,
3: the whole thing where it's like you get off shift and like everybody else is drinking. It's like, I, for me, at least I was secure enough in my sobriety that I was like, nah, man, it's cool. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And I could sit there and I could have a fucking, you know, soda and line with them and sit and bullshit for a few minutes. But the other part was, was like, I wasn't trying to hang out with these motherfuckers and go out to all hours of the night either. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'll sit down and I'll fucking bullshit with them for a few minutes after. And then, you know, maybe we go outside and smoke a joint and I take off.
1: Yeah, well, Gabriel Rucker, he's what thirty six years old, mm-hmm. so and we're all getting up to that age now, and this is like where the rubber hits the road of like whether you're gonna buckle down and figure out whether you want to stay in the industry and how you can maintain um, some sort of normal life within this industry, mm-hmm. or you're just gonna fucking go off the go off the deep end, and we've had a bunch of people that have just they aren't just aren't the same people. You know, they just they're they're terrible. They've built a bad rep and they're just they have to move out of town. Mm-hmm. You know, people <laughs> Yeah.
2: I know <laughs> and, a lot of people yeah. that have to move out of town. Yeah. Because,
1: they burn yeah. bridges, they do fucked up shit, and they can go somewhere and they can fuck up however many times they want to. Or you can make a change. You can figure out other ways to deal with, you know, some of your issues. And uh yeah. I hope I, I'd like to see a change in the industry. I, I would like to to see maybe some people. It's a whole there's a whole gambit of issues. It's like, are you gonna fucking send home um an employee because they come in and they're fucking super hungover?
2: No. I throw up in the garbage can and keep (laughs) working. But
3: you just don't have time for you to be fucking hungover. You better get that shit out. But
1: that's, but that's the issue that is unacceptable in any other.
3: Yeah. But the difference is, is that kitchens are a completely different world than anything else out there because we work in these incredibly high pressure situations where ultimately getting the food out is the most important thing because we all know that a restaurant can, you know, you can make or break it on one night. If bad service, bad reviews go out for one night because you were short staffed and everything was fucked and, you're fucked. And and we don't have time for people to be out. We don't have time for people to, oh, I need three weeks to go to rehab. Tough shit, man. We got a 15 top coming in in five minutes and you got to have this shit out the door.
1: That doesn't make it okay. I'm not saying it's okay. That's my issue. I'm not,
3: right. I'm, I'm not saying it's okay. But I'm saying like for to me when you say I want to make a change in the industry, we can't change the industry until we change the environment that we all work in you can't you can't say oh well you shouldn't drink because that's bad for you now go work fucking 12 hours with some asshole yelling at you and nothing else working <laughs> right and then tell me that you get done and you don't want to fucking drink
1: that's the problem this is and but, you tell yourself you've earned it
3: yeah you know? and so we but we have to change the work environment before we can change those habits because those habits are a direct result of the work environment <sighs> True,
1: Keith. Truer words never said. Uh, one person changing the industry from the outside uh, who I wanted to give some props to here on Grill. How long does it take, mister?
2: Two minutes.
1: Two minutes. Thank you. How long has that been resting?
2: Uh, five minutes.
1: So play, Quick maths. Play, <laughs> quick maths. Uh, Jose Andres is... Uh, Nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. He is the first chef to ever be nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. He is being nominated for his disaster relief efforts in Puerto Rico, Haiti, California, all these tsunamis earthquakes
3: he's one of the first people on the scene this motherfucker shows up throws up a kitchen and cooks his heart out for people that have nothing
1: yeah Uh, he owns a company by the name uh, that he started called World Central Kitchen and through his whole vast network of chef friends and stuff he's connected all over the world Um, he actually uh, he founded the company in 2010 after an earthquake that happened in Haiti and he had just heard Stories about them not being able to fresh water and fresh food for the people there. So he reached out to a bunch of his uh, friends. And he said, let's, let's fucking fly some food down there and let's cook for these fucking people. It's the least we can do. So uh, the World Central Kitchen, through their chef networks, um, they try to focus on health, education, jobs, and social enterprise all through cooking. Uh, so they have worked in Brazil, Cambodia, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Haiti, Nicaragua, Zambia, and in the United States. And he still does this and fucking ha- cooks at restaurants all at the same fucking time. So... I am, uh, look forward to, to seeing if he wins this. I think that it's well deserved. I think that he's done a lot of good stuff. He served over 3 million, me- 3 million meals to, uh, uh, disaster victims. Amy, what do you think about this?
2: I think it's great. I think he's a great humanitarian and he's a and fucking
1: nice guy too.
2: Activist and he is a chef to look up to. And you know, other than making beautiful food, he's you know saving people's lives and giving them you know the oh. one thing that we all need, which is yes, food and hope. <laughs> I think he's he's a great person.
1: I do. I've I've always looked up to him. He's always he's funny. His food's delicious. Uh, he's a nice guy from what I hear. Uh, what I've seen, you know, on television, television or read. Um, but I did, I really didn't know that, that he was such a humanitarian. Mm-hmm. I did. He was like one of the first people, um, there, you
3: know, and yeah, then he just pops up. He's like, yo, yeah, I'm through the door. Exactly. I got some fire. I got some food. What's up? Let but, me get you a hot plate. But the thing about it is he's leading by example. Mm -hmm. And he's reaching
1: out. He's putting pressure on other people out there in our industry and telling them like, hey, you know, I know you're busy. I know you own restaurants and stuff like that. But look at me. I'm doing it. And then he pressures and guilts them (laughs) into getting off their asses. Put down the bottle. Put down the wine bottle and get your ass over here and cook for some people. So, uh, fingers crossed. Hope he wins. What do you win if you win a Nobel Peace Prize? I don't know. I think you get a
3: bunch of cash and uh, everybody just kind of sucks your dick for a while.
1: What would you rather have, Amy? A Nobel
3: Peace Prize or a James Beard Award?
2: Oh, a James Beard Award. Really? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Fuck that, dude. Well, I did. Nobel Peace Prize doesn't. Do you know how easy it is to get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize? I said win. (laughs)
1: I said, win a Nobel Peace Prize.
3: Yeah, I'd still rather have the James Beard. Yeah,
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> Not to shit on James Beard <laughs> award winners, but there's some fucking people in the you know former uh, James Beard award winners that I I don't don't really want to be in some of their companies, you know, but. Nobel Peace Prize award winners I think I might You know Like to hang out With those guys Speaking of Before we end the show Final table Have you watched it
2: Yes I watched all of it
1: So did I binge watched it Did you watch it Keith We're gonna talk about it Next week I the first week.
3: show uh, I got through It looked really cool looked, like, Here's my impressions um, It's an actual cooking show Not like a competition show I mean like There's the element Of the competition is there But like the food is first and I think it's pretty interesting what they're doing and the fucking level of talent on there is stellar
1: yes yeah I, I wanted to mention it this week because I'm going to try to talk about it a little bit more next week short burst I think we're going to have a guest did you know what guest we're having next week
3: uh, we are having someone in to, uh, I think it's Shiro's, uh, famous Seattle sushi chef Shiro's, uh, uh, uh protege or whatever to come in and talk about sushi because I was stupid enough to argue with people from a hillbilly town about, <laughs> about sushi. To so I got irritated. It was like, I'm going to show all these motherfuckers. I'm going to bring in a sushi chef to prove my point.
1: Uh, so yeah, we're going to have a sushi chef on next week for the show, but we're, I still want to talk about the final table. So get, Netflix show, check it out. It is a bunch of award, uh, award-winning award chefs, mm-hmm. uh, James Beard Award winners. Uh, Michelin star. Michelin star rated chefs, uh, owners, operators, execs. Uh, they are on the show and they're being judged by world-famous, uh, industry-changing uh, leaders in the culinary world. Uh, I really like that show. So check that out. Anything else we want to talk about before we uh, wrap the show up? Did we cover everything, Keith?
3: I think we covered everything.
1: So That's gonna bring us to the end of episode 120 of Grill How Long Steak Mister.
2: It's in the window. In the
1: window, thank you. Can I get hands in the window to the wall? Sweat drips down. So the what? butter
3: drops off my. Amy,
1: what's Gross. the sweat drip off of? I don't know. I have no idea. Dough balls. No. <laughs> Amy, what's up with you? What? 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 Let's 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 catch up with Amy real quick since she we she, we got her down here. What what's been going on since we? Uh, Since we last saw you here in the studio?
2: Oh, uh, since you (laughs) last saw me? Oh, I opened a restaurant. I left the restaurant. You opened
1: up a restaurant? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh,
2: I left my restaurant.
1: Left that restaurant?
2: uh, Yeah. It was
3: fire. Soldier Shares?
2: Oh. Oh. Oh no, gave away my shit. Gave away your shares. Just Give, wow, give just that cut shit the away. Cord.
3: Just cut the cord. You yeah. just like sliced it right off. Just You're like, it right I'm off. not gonna deal with this yeah. anymore at all. I'm just gonna Son do everything I can yeah. to get away from it. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting strategy. You
1: know, there, some Amy. people it would is. say <laughs> that that's one way of dealing with the like, situation. Right. But there's also other ways of dealing with those situations. If you see
2: a dumpster fire, turn around and walk away. <laughs> Don't walk towards it. <laughs> Don't nope.
3: take your gasoline cans and be like, hey, dumpster fire. Yeah.
2: Spoken. So I gave them all away. Gave them away. Yeah. I'm done. Uh, Yeah. Just and then, trying, to, trying to get healthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, me and Amy are going to work hard together at, uh,
2: being healthy, being healthy, not sober, but being healthy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just being honest, um, and then yeah, I, good, I just uh, you know I bake stuff at home and you know I make casseroles and. <laughs> uh,
1: but you're, I mean, you, I mean, you have a perspective uh, job coming up. That sounds pretty good. We don't need to tell everybody what it is. We right. won't announce it yet. Which but is- that's, I mean, it's it's a good. It's and it's one of those jobs where we're like, you show up somewhere, some it's you kind of name what you want in -hmm. the industry you know what I'm saying it's not because there's such a shortage of chefs in the city and the whole industry front of the house is short too but you tell them what you need to work for them and it's not gone are the days of them saying like this is what I need from you they're willing to accept what you can do right. for them.
3: And I've been saying this for a minute. Like we have a certain advantages as cooks in this industry right now because there is a shortage. So we can, we can set our own terms to some extent and tell them like we need this and we need that or we need set days off. Like the last three places I was at, I told them like, look, these are the days I can work. I got other shit I need to do. And I love you. But if you call me, I'm just going to hang up on you. <laughs> Don't call me on my days off.
1: Uh, if you want to hit us up on the social medias, it's gonna be Grill How Long Steak Mister at Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. It's gonna be at How Long Steak Mister. If you want to get me on social medias, I'm gonna be at Bobby Stills. Uh, I will not be tripping out on the Instagram anymore. I think I think I've got everything under control. Okay, hopefully so. Uh, I want to thank everybody who started following me, who listens to the podcast. Um, I like I like looking at your guys' food, and I also like. Seeing is how, like how, what the connection is between how they found out about the show, and like what they do. I talked to a chef over in Germany, and uh, it, it's really good. It's really cool connecting with you guys and talking about about food and and understanding that we all have the same issues. Um, doesn't matter what part of the world you're at, or what color, or what race, or what religion you are. Cooking is its own uh, separate religion. Indeed. And we have all the same issues. Uh, Amy, do you want to go out your social medias? Nope. <laughs> 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 uh, for all your podcasting needs, media recording,
3: uh, video, audio needs, digital media. Period. We're we're multi talented. I can make you a gif.
1: Big tings, man. Big tings. Uh, soundcastingnetwork.com. Hit up Keith. Check out some of the other podcasts we have here. Speaking of alcohol, Matt James, Justin Freak, How to Be a Better Drinker. Beautiful show. They teach you about alcohol. Even if you don't drink a lot, it's still cool to be knowledgeable. We're cooking with alcohol, you know. <laughs> One for the dish, two for the chef. <laughs> um, so I appreciate everybody. If you want uh, any questions, comments, or uh, critiques, you can email us at mister at gmail.com. What is it, Keith?
3: Mr. MR? Hey, Mr. as an MR. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you guys
1: for listening, and uh, Eric will be back next week, hopefully, talking about sushi. Amy, you get the last word.
2: Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bye, You're you gonna. guys. <laughs> Peace. Grill, how long steak, mister?
2: Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.